you are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. And one of the things that I love the most about Jenny Kane is how seamlessly all of their staples go together. Their iconic styles truly, truly make getting dressed so easy. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, so think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. For a limited time, Birthful listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use the code BIRTHFUL15 to get 15% off. Now, if you love sweaters, Jenny Kane has an unrivaled selection that will become your new obsession. They are known for their super luxe yet lightweight sweaters, and they do cashmere pretty much better than anyone. My Jenny Kane Everyday Sweater is hands down one of my favorite and most versatile sweaters that I own. First off, it is so super soft and cozy, I feel like I am getting a hug every time I wear it. And its wool cashmere blend makes it a great option from fall through spring. For those cooler summer evenings, Jenny Kane also has a great selection of cotton and linen sweaters. And if that wasn't enough, they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase. Find your new staples at JennyKane.com. Birthful listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code BIRTHFUL15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com. So JennyKane.com, promo code BIRTHFUL15. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Imagine having a bra that you actually want to wear. And maybe this seems inconceivable if you don't already own a bra by today's sponsor, Honey Love, which has transformed the bra game. With Honey Love, say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love is so comfortable, you may even forget that you're wearing it. Now is the time to spring clean your bra drawer. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash birthful. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash birthful. Now, currently, I have been very partial to my Honey Love Silhouette bra. It is super soft and it has these really lovely 3D printed velvet details that actually add support. And I can even crisscross the straps in the back. Also, like all of Honey Love's bras, it features supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. I can tell you I'm never in a rush to take it off. Plus, Honey Love also has incredibly comfortable shapewear, matching underwear, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com birthful. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off at honeylove.com birthful. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them Birthful sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love. 
Hello, hello, Mighty Parent or Parent-to-be. Welcome to Birthful. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today I'm going to be talking with Lauren Horton as she shares her daughter's birth story and also the challenges of immediate postpartum when she was trying to recover and go back to work and all of that as part of our Movement and Body Wellness and Pregnancy series. Now, Lauren coaches collegiate women's volleyball full-time, and she has always been incredibly athletic. So, of course, she kept moving tons during her pregnancy. She was doing a mix of CrossFit, swimming, yoga, and lots and lots of dog walking. And so it's no surprise that she thought she would be moving nonstop and changing positions a lot throughout labor. And... Even though she did do a lot of that during early labor, she didn't expect that once she got to the hospital, her intuition and also her tiredness, let's be honest, would have her hunker down on the bed for the rest of it. Nevertheless, lying on her side worked like a charm. It worked great and let her be able to connect with her body and really open up her pelvic floor. So basically, it was exactly what she needed at that point. Then for the pushing stage, when the position she started pushing in wasn't working for her, Lauren reconnected again with her intuition. And so she switched positions, tried a bunch of different things until she found the one where she felt that her efforts were making a difference and that her baby was moving down the birth canal. In my experience as a doula, I also find that changing positions during pushing can be really helpful, especially if you are following directed pushing like Lauren did. Now, birth and postpartum have definitely been a humbling experience for Lauren, so make sure you listen until the end to hear how she's navigating and dealing with the unrealistic expectations that society puts on us of having to do it all, and why she concludes that everyone is a badass. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. Welcome, Lauren. It's great to have you here on the show. Yes, thank you. Very excited. Thank you for reaching out and wanting to share your story. Before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So um, I am 26 years old and I actually, I was just married a short while ago. We, we were friends for a very, very long time. And that probably is why we were pregnant. Um, we found out literally a month after we got back from our honeymoon, I was like, oh my gosh, yep, I knew it. I knew something was different. And so we have a little wedding baby and it's been absolutely amazing. And we've got We've got a good story to share, too. So I'm excited. Oh, cool. Honeymoon baby. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> we all love it. <laughs> yeah. So once you found out you were pregnant and you were embarking on this journey, what what were your hopes and wishes? And then what did you do to prepare for that? Yeah, so I ever since I was little, you know, we didn't take any medicine. We were rubbing dirt in our wombs and, you know, staying outside. And we were that kind of like naturalistic family. And so having, you know, having this birth experience planned out in my head, but then also li listening to all these other people's experiences and knowing, okay, it might not go like plan A. So plan for plan B too. And um, so what I had in my head and what I wanted was the most natural way including like my pregnancy, I wanted to truly make myself the best I could for the baby and what it needed, you know, and then for the birth, I wanted it to be again, as natural as possible. So in order to make that happen, 
I became very academic about, and not in like a studious manner, but I became very academic as far as I really looked into things. I, you know, listened to podcasts, which I came across yours and I loved hearing stories. And I, people would always say, oh, every pregnancy is different. Every baby's different. But fielding these stories from friends and family and from your podcast and others and like looking to social media and even my my midwife was like, you know, don't don't look it up. Don't look it up online. Like you won't like what you see. Just, you know, trust your gut. And I would I'd do it anyways. You know, I'd I'd continue to research things and just kind of really anything that I was able to get my hands on. I did. And I, you know, even in these podcasts, when I'd hear names, I'd look them up and I'd watch the YouTube videos or if somebody mentioned somebody's name and, oh, I loved her book, I'd go and I'd like listen to that. So yeah, that's just the best way I can say is that I was academic and I just became kind of obsessed with the journey. And I did my Instagram thing and tried to at least keep a record of my trials and tribulations because my mom didn't do the best job of that. You know, I'd ask her for stories and she didn't necessarily say, oh, Lauren, on, you know, when I was this much pregnant, this is what happened. You know, she didn't give me any of that. So I wanted to at least have something where when Zeta, my daughter, when she, you know, looks back, you know, she can be like, dang, mom, you were nine months pregnant when you did that. Like, that's really cool. So, yeah, I also kept track of my progress and tried to post as much as possible without being like annoying to my mm. friends and family. <laughs> so you did a lot of absorbing of information, went right into it deep. Oh, yeah. Did you take any childbirth education classes? So I did. My hospital, so the one that was here in town, I I went to three childbirthing classes and then three breastfeeding classes. And they also had like a little fair, like anybody could come to it. I think they called it like a babython or a babathon, something like that. And I, yeah, I went to that and there were a lot of vendors there and a lot of handouts and more information to absorb. And I just happened to be, because I do have a full-time job, so I just happened to be at the time in my career and like job where I could take the time to absorb all this, because sometimes people don't have time. They've got to work. So um, I was fortunate enough to just be able to balance that very well and continue to go to these classes. And I also, I would hear a lot of the stories that you had or others being like, oh, my husband was so into it. He was also very academic. And Mine was not, um, and maybe that's for later down on our story, but he did, I did make him go to the babython and I made him go to a couple of the classes, you know, just in case plan B had to come up. He had to know a little bit of something. So all he knew was, I know that whatever they ask me, I say, no, does she want an IV? No. Does she want this? No. <laughs> so he, he said at game time, he'd step up and he, sure he was did. ready to advocate. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> so how did things start? Actually, it kind of took course over like a week. Like one, it was a Friday. It was at 41 weeks or like right around 41. I just, you know, I did kind of like the stories and the, all those things say, you just kind of know you, that, that crampy type feeling comes around and it's deep down in your gut. I was having the contractions and I knew from all these stories, okay, I need to start timing it. Let's time it and see if it stays consistent. Let's see how far apart they are. So I downloaded an app and that Friday morning, you know, they started and I called my mom. I was super excited and, you know, hey, mom, it's starting. And uh, 
she actually was like, okay, continue to time. I'm going to come. Well, I didn't have any more after like the first hour or two. (laughs) So I was like, gosh, dang it. You know, I, yeah. So then the following week I went to my appointment. She said, Hey, do you want me to strip your membranes? My midwife said this and we can see if we can get things going. And, um, you know, what also might help is having sex or intercourse later on. Like, you know, if you're wanting to get things going, but there's no rush. So I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's try it. And oh my gosh, that was so bad. I don't know if everybody knows what stripping the membranes is. I can explain. Do you want me to or no? Please go ahead. Yeah. I had no idea. Listening to podcasts, I knew kind of what to expect, but they made it seem so easy and it just wasn't. She stuck her finger up there and like went inside the cervix and yeah, like kind of swished her finger around and to separate, right? The, the sack near the cervix. Um, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think, I think I'm using the right words. Yeah. And she's like, you know, you might have, you might be a little bloody, you know, just, just so you know. And it's like, okay. She's like, yep, it'll just get things going. And gosh, that was excruciating. And she was like, Lauren, that was nothing. And I was like, okay, but that was bad. Cause she kind of like, I don't know. It just shocked me. Like it was, it was like, I knew she was in there and was going to do something, but the like instant pain, I guess, or just the instant, like, shock like gave me an adrenaline rush and I was like kind of sweating and I was like Mm. okay well I'm ready all right yeah and it can be quite jarring depending on like different people experience it in different ways but you know it's at that point your cervix is probably really far back and up so even getting to it is is quite the journey yes yes so it worked Uh oh yeah it worked and I remember you know, she was like, you know, you might have a little bit of spotting and it's okay. And talked about the colors and if it changes and all that. And I, um, I went about my day and I'm, I'm trying to remember because my, my mucus plug hadn't come out. My water hadn't broke, but a few days later, my mucus plug did come out. I, you know, just went to the bathroom as normal. I wiped, nothing was there. I felt like, Oh, okay, well I'll keep going. And as soon as I put my pants on and like walked, I was like, well, you know, you just have that feeling like, uh, something's in my underwear. Like the, like, oh my gosh, I started my period kind of feeling. Wiped again. And sure enough, there it is. And I snapped a picture and sent it to my sisters and <laughs> posted it on Instagram. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I, I probably, I, I would have, although it is, my Instagram was uh, public. So I figured I probably shouldn't do that. But I oh. did. I showed anybody who was willing to look. And because uh, my sister has been, she's had a baby before me, but I was the second one in our family. And I was so excited. So I was sending it to him. And so that, that happened two days before I gave birth, but just the, just the day before I started my actual contractions, started actually having labor. So that was on like September 1st. So on the second, all the labor started happening. It was about 11 PM. And actually my husband and I had had intercourse just before, cause I had heard that'll, that'll start. And sat, so it was the second, so September 2nd, it was that, that night we, we had intercourse, we went to bed and I felt like, okay, here's these contractions. They're coming back again. It was about 11 PM. You know, I didn't wake up my husband, but I was like, okay, I, these aren't bad. I can, I can do this. And they're about 10 minutes apart and nah, that's easy. So then it got to be like 1230 and I woke up my husband. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't sit in bed and like lay. And I had, we had a yoga ball you know, I, I researched all these methods and I wanted to stay home as long as I could before I even went to the hospital. So it's about 1231. 
And I'm like, we need to walk. I need to get up. I need to go. So we start walking around, around our block. So it's about like a 400 meter, just a normal block. So we're walking around. We probably, I mean, we literally walked until 3 a.m. I threw up probably seven times in that two hours. I don't know if it was from the intensity of the pain, but I was definitely having contractions. I was timing them. Like we weren't even talking. We were just walking around the block. And so I'm having these, these contractions and they're, they are lessening in time. So it went from like 10 to like, it really jumped to like six minutes apart. As I was walking, they were becoming like four and three minutes apart. And I was kind of getting excited because I knew, okay, once these start getting lower, like I'm, I'm going to start getting into labor. Like I need to, you know, this is awesome. I wonder how far dilated I am. And so around 4 a.m., um, we go to the hospital and I, you know, I do all the normal stuff. I get up to the room and um, she was like, you know, what are your pains? What are you feeling? You know, here, let's sit down, put this baby monitor on. And, you know, and immediately I was like, do I have to have this? And she was like, well, you're just coming in. Like, let's check. And I was like, why don't you check me? Let me see how far dilate I am. And let's just, you know, yes, make sure the baby's not in stress, but let's, let's see. So she puts her, her hand up there and she's like, oh, you're about three. Ah, and you get so deflated, Mm. you know? Yeah. From 11 PM to four, you're telling me I only got three centimeters, you know? So I, I was a little deflated and she wanted me to sit in that bed. And I was like, no, I am walking and get my midwife here. I want my midwife or at least get her on the phone, tell her that I'm here. And she's like, okay, well, why don't you walk around for 45 minutes? We'll see if you've made any progress. So I walk around. So now it's 5 a.m. She checks me and she's like, eh, you're at about a three and a half. Um, I'm going to call your your midwife and see what she wants. So I'm in the bed. She calls the midwife. The midwife says, I'm on my way. Have her walk around for you know another hour or so, see if there's more progress. So I do. I walk around in the, I mean, I like knew, I mean, I was, literally living by like the minutes and the seconds and, you know, grabbing my stomach and holding it up and pushing it in. And so then it's about 5.30 a.m. They come in and I'm about four centimeters dilated. And I'm just like, gosh, you know, and I, oh, and just so you know, while I'm walking in the hospital, I'm throwing up like every two laps throwing up. So it's about 6 a.m. now and my midwife gets here and she comes in, she's like, how you doing? And I was like, ah, like, I'm not making any progress. She's like, Lauren, relax, you know, relax. If you want to walk around, you can, how about you lay down and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to check you out. So I'm like, okay. So it's 6am and she checks me out. She's like, uh, you're at about six centimeters. What do you want to do? And I was like, Oh, I'm at a six. She's like, yeah. Um, or I'm sorry, this was now 8am. I'm sorry. It was 8am and I'm at six centimeters. And she's like, what do you want to do? I, my water hadn't broken yet. And she's like, we can break your water, which would go against you wanting to do things naturally. You know, do you want to do that? And, you know, my husband's like, no. And I was like, no, Jeff, I want this. Um, I, was <laughs> I love like, it. I, <laughs> he's like, I, this is my job. <laughs> yeah, I know what I have to do. Say no. <laughs> right. Yeah, good um, for him. I know. So he did, you know, he tried and I was like, nope, do it. I was like, Christy, I'm ready. I'm, I think I want this. And she's like, okay, it can make it more intense. Um, it could possibly speed things up, but it will definitely make your contractions intense. And I said, okay, six, you know, 8 a.m., six centimeters, let's do it. So she did. And just like everybody said, it is a warm gush. Um, it was somewhat of a relief, but I'm going to tell you what, that next contraction was so bad, so intense. Um, my mom was actually in the room and um, 
she and my husband are looking at the little thing that tells you about your contractions, you know, the pictograph, I don't know, the thing. And they yeah, are, the monitor you know, that it has, it has, yeah, it, it shows yes. the little graphic of the contractions. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, and they're just commentary the entire time. Like, wow, like Lauren, this one's coming in, you know, and they're just, they're not, I'm, I'm saying it with a smile, but they were definitely like not smiling at the time. And I will say I had all these plans of going in there with a open mind and I wanted to use the ball and I wanted to squat and I wanted to do these things. But I actually just laid on the bed on my left side and I grabbed onto the hospital bed, like siding, held onto it. And I actually learned this from, I forget her name, but she is a very famous doula. I think I learned her information from your podcast. Ina um, May? No, doula. You yeah. Said nope, Sim- I, oh, oh, no, Ina May. Okay. Ina May Gaskin. Yep. 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 That's her. She talked about somebody holding like a pole and like pulling themselves up and letting gravity kind of push and relax and open up the the hips. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that, but just on my side, holding onto this thing, like literally lifting and like letting my lower half just totally go numb and just kind of open up and not trying to pay attention to that. And man, did it work because at 10 AM she was like, Lauren, she came in, she's like, Lauren, you are nine or sorry, 10 centimeters, like just like 9.75. Like you are right there. If you flip over on your right side and let that last lip just kind of, you know, a couple contractions there, we can start pushing, you know, so I tied, tied myself to this bed and it worked. I mean, I definitely opened up my hips. I could feel these contractions just widening my, my pelvic area. And so I did, I flipped over, I got that last couple, you know, centimeters or whatever the last couple. And she's like, Lauren, you are at a 10. Let's do this. How do you want to, you know? And I'm like, you mean I get to pick like, um, you know, and I'm like, what do I want to do? I was going through all these things in my head as I'm, you know, experiencing this pain. And she's like, the next one's coming, you know, just, Hey, let's push. So I did, you know, and, you know, I gave the old college try with my push and I was totally underestimated how much I actually needed to push, you know? So I, at that point I was, you know, just the typical on my back kind of pushing. And she was like, okay, that is nothing. She was like, you need to close your eyes. You need to, you know, don't bear down, but you know, give me something else. That's, I know you can do more. And at that point I kind of just lost myself and completely turned on the like primal instinct of, okay, scream, grunt, not scream, but like a, I don't know, I guess I was like screaming in my body, you know, and I, I know my teeth were showing my, my tongue was out, you know, that just that primal instinct of not necessarily get this thing out of me, but I need to do this for the baby. And so I did a couple more pushes and I was like, it's not working. Like, that's not what it is, you know? And she was like, let's put this bar up. I was like, yep, I want to squat. I want to see if that works. Um, so I, I then squatted and I had been working out my entire pregnancy. So I knew that the squat would be comfortable for me. I could actually like squat, like just with not, without being, you know, just flat footed was fine. So I, I tried that I had pushed and She's like, oh my gosh, you know, I can see the hair and I could feel her head. I mean, I knew I was getting close and I knew it was right there. And she's like, Lauren, do you want to feel her hair or its hair? We didn't know what it was. Um, she was, she was like, all oh, this hair, do you want to feel it? And so I like felt down there and I was like, am I on the hair? Like, there's just so much going on down there. I don't even know. So, you know, I'm feeling the hair and, you know, and she was like, Lauren, you got to keep pushing and keep trying. And so I did and it just wasn't working. So she like grabbed um, one of the hospital sheets and 
put it around the bar. And she was like, hold this like you're sledding, you know, like you're holding on to something, put your feet up on the bar and let's, you know, let's get some leverage. Cause like these girls that were holding my legs, her little, her helpers, the nurses, one of them at one point was like, she's too strong. <laughs> it's all that working out that you've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was like, she's too strong. And my husband was like, you know, move, let me try. And, you know, he's trying to get one leg and do this thing. And so finally she's like, put your feet on the bar. Duh. Like, let's hold this thing, get leverage. Let's do it that way. So I think I pushed once there and like, I could feel progress. Like I knew that head was coming and I pushed again and the head came out and we like waited for the, you know, contraction to come again. And I was kind of, I, I probably jumped the gun a little bit and I was like, okay, like I'm ready. Like, come on. And I, I did it like, a, ah! it was so long and she came out. My midwife turned the shoulders and we had already knew that Jeff, well, Jeff, my husband actually like said that he wanted to be up by my head the whole time. But eventually I, I talked him into catching the baby. And so she like turned the shoulders and just made it to where he could slide in and he caught the baby and kind of sat there for a second. And the midwife, she goes, well, Jeff, what is it? And he's like, Oh, you know, and then he looks, it's a girl, you know, Oh my gosh. And, uh, he puts it, he puts her on my chest and my mom's like, she's beautiful. And, and then my mom gets out the camera and I was like, mom, like I wanted the video, the whole thing. And she's like, I didn't think you wanted that. So unfortunately I didn't get any video, but I do have like the ending, moments of like me with the baby on the chest and all I'm doing, I'm like, my legs are shaking. I could not, my legs didn't stop shaking and like contracting, I guess for literally like a day afterwards. And, you know, so I'm just like, because breathing was huge to me. Every contraction I was breathing and I was moaning um, and it really helped see me through it. And so, you know, Jeff cut the cord and, you know, we named her and, it was such a good experience. And I don't, I don't even think I mentioned that I had a midwife at a hospital and that experience, it was very beneficial in many different cases, you know, in case something did happen, I was, I felt safe, but I also felt like the midwife had my best interest at all times. I got to see my midwife every time I came in for a checkup. Um, she was the one I saw. If I would have gone the other route, I would have had to, you know, go through all the doctors or the OBs, I guess, and really not get to know them, but just skim the surface with each of them. And, you know, whoever was on call would be my, the one who delivered. And I didn't want that. I, I did want the one-on-one. I wanted somebody that I could trust because of the stories I had heard in my, you know, academic research of, of pregnancy. I, I wanted to make sure that I, that I had genuine care. I guess that's the best way to ex- to describe it is is genuine. And I in my story, I don't think I even mentioned that my midwife was not there the day that I gave birth. She she was not there at the hospital when I came in. However, she they did call her and she did travel in to see my my birthing um, my vision to see it play out. And so she came in. It just was for just, you. She wasn't on call. Nope. She was not on call. She came in just for me. Mm. Um, she actually was going to start her round like later on that night, I believe. So she definitely came in for me and it made it so special. Even after I gave birth, 
I, I heard that they come back in and they chat for a little bit, but I mean, she came in every day that I was there, the three days that I, that I had to be there, or I think it's two, I forget now, but the, she came every day. And I think one time we even talked for like two hours and somebody paged her and you know, I was like, where are you? She just, she did great. And I, I actually, I wondered, you know, does she, did she just do this for me or does she genuinely care for others? And I just had a friend recently that went through a similar experience with her and yeah, she genuinely cares. And it was, it was just great to run all these things by her and no question was dumb. She had time for everything that I, I mean, there was a time where I thought I had worms from my dog, from my little puppy. <laughs> I mean, I, I came in with all kinds of stories like, you know, that I looked up online and she was like, you got to stop Googling these things. <laughs> She's like, you can't ask Siri everything. But it, I mean, it was, it was just, it was great. And I vividly remember being in the hospital bed laboring and it was getting towards the end and I had been throwing up, I mean, constantly throwing up and going to the bathroom. And I, so I, they might have been worried about my fluids, but she knew that I, I, I'm, I don't know, I was, I've been an athlete my whole life. So I knew she knew that I was like mentally strong, but also like physically capable of the endurance that it needed. And I was also like force, my mom was force feeding me the ice chips and whatnot. Um, but there was a nurse that came in and was like, Hey, I need to give you an IV. And I remember her being like, no, stop, like, stop. She is fine. This is working. Like we're fine. I mean, she advocated for me on at least two occasions that I can remember where they were trying to do the typical, I guess, hospital thing. Yeah. Right. And, And she was like, Hey, you know, we're good. The, the baby's not in stress. She's not in stress. And she knew how important that was to me. I, I just, I think they did a, she did a great job of keeping them away from those kinds of things that, that I was keeping close to me as far as, you know, not wanting to do anything extra and, and then just letting my husband catch the baby. And I had so many questions about the placenta and I wanted to keep it. And, you know, so she fielded all my silly questions and, and even birthing the placenta was interesting. <laughs> If you're pregnant and looking for a truly connected way to learn about birth while pampering your body and soul, then you need to know about the Birth Class Retreat. The Birth Class Retreat is a magical way to combine your childbirth preparation with an all-inclusive, relaxing weekend getaway in Lake Tahoe, California. And as a birthful listener, you'll even get a discount. The next one is coming up in May, so if you're expecting the summer or in the fall, don't miss this magnificent way to turn off the nitty-gritty of daily life and prepare in a beautiful place with trained birth professionals and childbirth educators. At the retreat, you will enjoy prenatal yoga, an extensive and comprehensive childbirth preparation course, dedicated postpartum and infant feeding workshops, incredible food, and free time to explore. Leave the birth class retreat feeling more confident and calm for your positive birth experience. The next pregnancy retreat will take place May 16th through the 19th in North Lake Tahoe, California, just 40 minutes from the Reno Tahoe Airport, three and a half hours from San Francisco, or one and a half from Sacramento. 
This unique retreat is best suited for expectant couples or single persons with a friend or support person as it is based on double occupancy lodging in well-appointed private cabins. People love this retreat because it's a magical and unforgettable way to designate time to focus on this pregnancy and prepare together for a transformative experience. Give yourself the gift of preparation and sign up today at birthclassretreat.com. For a limited time, receive 10% off with the code BIRTHFUL at checkout. That's birthclassretreat.com. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You've taken gorgeous photos of your baby or your kids, and then when you want to share them, it is a pain either trying to find the photos or figuring out the group text that they should go to, and then also remembering that, say, Aunt Helen only does email, so you need to send her image separately. Or like in my case, where my husband is a photographer who takes magnificent photos that I rarely actually get to see because they live on his phone or end up scattered in text messages that I can't easily find. Enter the Family Album app, which was created to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with your loved ones. Basically, it's a personal space for your family's memories without third-party ads or unwanted eyes and with a bunch of fabulous features. It automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and easily see how your child has grown. And you can also order eight photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. The Family Album app also has unlimited storage. Plus, it's totally free. Yup, no more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by third-party ads. So, to all the parents out there still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, level up your family photo game for free and securely with the Family Album photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, all in one word, and download the app to start creating your shared photo legacy. It does sound like your midwife was, and, and it's something I appreciate from any care provider, she was looking at you and considering your specific situation. Because when you were telling your story earlier and you were saying that you were throwing up and throwing up and throwing up and constantly throwing up, in the back of my mind, I had a question. I was going to say, did you get IV fluids? Like, was that a concern? Because all that throwing up can make you feel like crap. And so yeah. to sap your energy and being dehydrated can alter the contractions, make them more crampy or make them too strong or make them so... It is something to like pay attention to, but mm -hmm. obviously she was clearly looking at you and seeing that even though you were throwing up, your mom's feeding you ice chips and you have all this endurance and like you're throwing up, but she wasn't seeing signs of dehydration. Yeah. I, you know, when I, when I think of, okay, what does dehydration look like? I mean, I was, I, I, I was, I was so sweaty. I mean, and I was completely naked the entire laboring experience, if anybody wanted to know, but yeah, I think, I think she knew that. I, I mean, even while I was laboring at home, like I, I knew that I would, you know, once I got to the hospital, things might be different. So I continued to hydrate and I did have like Powerade and stuff in my bag. And she knew that I had prepared and, you know, because we created that 
connection and that like trust in each other. She knew that, you know, I could power through. And I, I think also she knew how strong I was and that I was capable of. It just, it worked out. Mm, exactly. She, you know, yeah. you had that connection and, and she knew she was looking at you and considering you specifically, yes. right? And that's, yes. it's great when you have a provider that does that. And she was very, like in her questioning during our checkups, like there was never a time where she didn't have something to ask or something that she was. So it kind of like maybe she was collecting all this information, you know, the entire nine months, not giving me all like giving me a test the first day. You know, she was kind of collecting tidbits of information throughout our checkups, you know. And so, yeah, I'm going to um, not even assume I'm probably I think that's what she was doing was getting to know me without me being like, okay, do you know me? You know, I think, I think she took care of it in a way of that was genuine and just honest. And, you know, she knew the answers because she had been, you know, collecting them for so long. How, how big was your baby? Oh gosh. Eight pounds, 11 ounces, 21 inches long. So big baby, (laughs) big ish baby. baby. Yeah. 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 I know I've, I've heard of bigger. I think I was even bigger, but I have a huge head. So I, that was like my number one fear that this baby was going to rip me entirely. And, um, I think it was, isn't like four really bad, a four degree tear. Mm -hmm. Is that, Mm -hmm. so I think I had like a one or a two. I kept, she kept like, she was stitching me up after I actually up, up top on the ceiling, I remember looking at the light thing, like there was like a reflection. So I could literally see her, which I didn't see that when I was giving birth, but I saw it when she was giving me stitches, I could see her like stitching me up. And I was like, Christy, how many stitches are you giving me? And she was like, just a few more, just a few more. And I was like, ah, and I do want to explain that just because it's something that it sounds confusing. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, because the first, second, third, fourth degree, it has nothing to do with the length of oh. the tear. It mm-hmm. has all to do to do with the deepness. Ah. So first degree tear is only skin. A second degree goes deeper. And like fourth degree is so bad because it goes into the muscle and can create an opening between like the vagina and the anus. Oh, got it. So a first to second degree, they can be long or they can be in several different places or they can, and they don't necessarily put in a bunch of stitches. It's just the one running one. Mm. But if it, she took a long time stitching it and you were like, how many, how much longer? It sounds like it was a longer tear. It was just more superficial, which makes it, that's what makes it the first, second degree. Ah, okay. I get that. And I, you know, it's, it's silly. I, I'm sure people listening could be like, why didn't you just look? But I was terrified. I was so terrified to see what it looked like. And I even at some point asked my husband, I was like, Hey, I'm really sorry, but can you look at my stitches? Like, I just, I don't know. And he's like, Lauren, I have seen so much of you. Like you're really embarrassed about me looking at your stitched up area like come on but it was you know it it ended up being fine but yeah I wish I don't know how many and I don't know how long or I don't know any of that but she did take I don't even know how long it takes to do stitches but I felt like it was a lot and I could feel it you know it was no, no the pain wasn't that bad but I could definitely feel her doing that and I could see it too maybe that's what made it so horrifying yeah yeah and and I mean it's one of those things that after all that work and and oh, yeah. having had you know, you do have the sensation of the contractions and that intensity, but that's wave-like. It comes, you know right. it's coming. Whereas right. when they're stitching you up, not only is that 
area super sensitive because, well, a baby just went through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you don't know when that sharpness is coming or that, that pull because right. they do the Novocaine and numb it out. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember her asking, do you need more? I was like, yeah, probably. And she's like, okay, well, we'll see. You know, we'll go. She knew I was strong and I was just being a baby. <laughs> well, you know, at that point you want to be done. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And at at that point, was your baby like come right to your chest and was skin to skin and and just hanging out there? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was the one thing I also wanted was the skin to skin. I didn't want them. And one of the nurses actually tried to like hurry along the baby finding the nipple. And actually my husband was the one that stepped up to the plate, you know, no, (laughs) he, uh, he said, you know, no, thanks. Um, we're going to let her do it on her own. Cause she was like, do you want me to help her? Do you want me to help baby show, you know, do you want me to show her the way? And my husband was like, no, we're going to let her do it. And, you know, I, I was going to say it, I was coherent, I was fine, but he said it. And I, I think he really felt, I don't know, like distinguished and established as a father at that moment, like, no, get away. You know, this is what we want and this is what she's going to do. And yeah, I mean, that baby took her darn time getting there, but she definitely found it and it worked out fine. Breastfeeding in general was great, but there, it was a, it was a rocky start. It's just, you know, when, when the, when the milk comes in, a lot of things happened and you really have to be like mentally strong and, you know, you have to kind of get over yourself physically and ego wise, but yeah, baby found her way and she latched on great. And the whole like laying down and nursing on your side was a lifesaver. Cause again, my legs were shaking and the only, like they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even go straight. Like they were literally shaking and contracted in the bent position for at least like six hours. And you did uh, exert your legs quite a bit. Cause basically you were walking the whole time. Oh yeah. Since oh, like yeah. No, midnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, baby found her way. Cool. So the placenta, how did you find like, how was the delivery and looking at it and all of that? Loved it. I thought this placenta was, uh, I mean, she so I thought it was really big. I thought it was really heavy. You know, these are the things that I thought. Um, it does look huge. I mean, when she well, first of all, just giving birth to it, you know, do they call that the fourth trimester? Or no, what what do they call that when the that's the when third birth the pl- stage? Ah, the third stage, yes. And they say, you know, that's when you find relief. And they are right. Whoever they whoever they is, they are so right. Because when you give birth to the baby, it's the baby's on you now, and you feel like sometimes when I don't know if this is too graphic. I'm sorry, but when there's the, no um, too graphic. Okay, okay. <laughs> when like a tampon is like not inserted correctly, or like the string, you can like kind of feel the string hanging out. It felt like that times ten, right? Like the cord hanging out and. You know, so I felt I knew that was in there and I knew that was going to be the next thing. And, you know, so she's kind of talking me through it and pushing on my stomach. And when that came out and that just kind of like I don't I I don't think she tugged on it. I And I don't really remember pushing too hard. Like, I do think it was a pretty easy delivery. But when it came out, oh, my gosh, it just <laughs> it felt so good. Like, it just felt so good coming out. And when that was done it literally, okay. Like it was finished. It was completed. I looked at it and I was like, Christy, is that like three or five pounds? Like how much? And she's like, no, it's probably like a pound. I was like, that's it. Like that thing is huge. And it felt weird. And it just, it was so neat. And I kept asking her if I could keep it. And 
you know, she's like, what are you going to do with it? And I've heard of people making smoothies and or like the capsules and we talked about it, but I ended up not taking it, but she was, she was willing to do what I wanted to do with it, but I just, I ended up not doing anything. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you take any pictures at least? Oh, no. Oh, oh see, I, I know. I, my mom felt like she was intruding just being in there. So she, yeah. you know, only took a pic or only took a video at the end and then like took a couple of pictures, but was like trying not to get my breast in the picture. And so she, I think she kind of left soon after because she wanted to just be Jeff and I. And so she kind of left and Jeff is zero. I mean, he's on his phone, except for when you need him to be, you know, when he needs to take a picture. So there there was no pictures of, of the placenta. But I wish I would have because, yeah, it was a weird thing. You know, it's just. It's very know. unique. Yeah, It is. Yeah. I can't even explain it because it's just so, so different. It's enormously blobby, right? And it's, yeah, it, it's not that thick necessarily, like a, a couple of in, inch, inch or so, but it is it can be dinner plate size and they're obviously they're yes. all different but you know dinner plate size right like it looked large and like you said blobby and kind of like not i guess i was thinking it was like going to be like flubber you know you know that movie the the green ball of goo um <laughs> like i thought it was going to look something like that but nonetheless it was still interesting and i loved looking and touching and talking about it yeah, and I'm a big placenta freak because I I think they're the coolest things that you just grew this whole <laughs> organ just for this purpose. Yeah. Like, how amazing is that? It's it's amazing that my body and this baby know what to do. That's honestly that's that is like the one thing that still like just amazes me is that this baby knew how to come out, and my body knew that it needed to, and my body and the baby knew to come and eat off my breast and to survive and, uh, and to breathe and just, it, it amazes me. We are powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And it's such a powerful experience to, to do, just be part of that, right? However yes. it happens, it is, it is remarkable bringing life into this world. So Lauren, what was different than what you expected? Ooh, good question kind of what I alluded to before I yes I walked around a ton I mean as far as like hours go but in the midst of like the most painful contractions I was in a bed you know I was doing the one thing that I kind of didn't want to do and what I thought I would never do is like oh I I don't want to be on this bed I want to be up and moving or you know people talk about a tub or a hot shower and you're on this you know this yoga ball and I wanted to do all that, but to be honest, staying on my side and like lifting myself off the bed and kind of like humping the bed in a sense and like moaning and breathing and closing my eyes. I mean, I don't think I opened my eyes from like the minute I was four centimeters to uh, beyond, but I mean, that felt right. And that, and it, when it was okay, you know, when people say, Oh, you know, plan a won't always happen. I think sometimes that, you know, that doesn't always have to result in like a, oh, I had to get a cesarean or, oh, the birth was different. Maybe it's just the labor wasn't what I thought. I mean, I I knew it was going to be tough. I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be painful, but I guess I didn't know to what degree. And that's always the question, you know, how painful is this? And it's hard to explain. And even in some cases, like our mind kind of blocks that experience out, the pain. Like I, I still can't tell you what it felt like only because it was 
so excruciating. And I think my body does say, you know, but you did it. So what does it matter? You know? Well, and I think it's, it's also, it's so remarkable that once baby is out, it's all gone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There were, there were no lasting effects other than I did have hemorrhoids like really bad. And I, I would say, because I, I literally, I remember trying to push with my vagina and I don't know if you can even do that. Um, I, I really, instead of like using my core and my like gut and like, I, I do think I just like literally would bear down with my full pelvic and mm-hmm. like anal, anal floor. I don't know if there's an anal floor, but I mean, I, I was pushing and I, I mean, I literally have had um, hemorrhoids since then they're, they're almost gone, but, um, I, I didn't expect that cause I didn't have them during pregnancy. So I didn't expect that. I didn't, I didn't expect throwing up. I don't think I had heard stories of people vomiting, but gee whiz, I did it quite a few, <laughs> quite a few times. Actually, my, my husband bought me like new shoes for like a pushing gift. And I threw up all over those during the walk around the block. So and I never cleaned it up. That sounds really nasty. But even to this day, there's still like, some, <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty gross. But your special shoes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I would say those are the things that I didn't expect that did happen. I, you know, you hear stories of people having them on the side of the road or th- it being easy or, you know, being a breeze. And I thought I'd be one of those. And I kind of expected not to be, but I wanted to be. And honestly, it just, it went the way it did. And the entire process was like, I almost kind of had this mindset and even my husband of like, because my husband was like, you never even asked for like the epidural and whatever. And honestly, anybody is a, is a badass. Any mother that is pushing out this child, no matter your delivery, you are a trooper. I mean, there is recovery, there is pain, there is all a, a whole slew of, of things that have to take place and, you know, just because I went on natural doesn't mean I'm the only badass. And I, I definitely because, you know, I had somebody like, oh, you are. Oh, you're so hardcore. I can't believe it. And I was like, whether this was a, a tw- 11 hour labor or whether it was, you know, a two hour labor, there is pain maybe. Or there's, you know, there's at least side effects that that do happen. And I don't know. I just had this mantra of like, this is the way I want it done. So I just, you know, there is no other way. This is the way and I can do it and I can push myself through it. And this is instinct. Millions and billions of, of women have done this. I can do it too. And it's it's so empowering. And I, I'm going off topic a little bit, but it's just. Oh no, I love everything you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, there was a young lady who was also pregnant with me, one of my friends. And she was like, you are such a badass. You did that all natural. And, you know, she, she did not. And she felt so bad. And I was like, why? You still have to recover. You still have to take care of this baby. You still have to do all these things. Do not be upset in the way you gave birth and the way you did it because you are badass too. You mm-hmm. know, we are, we are so powerful as a, you know, as females, we just, uh, and our babies are smart. They know how to survive and our body knows how to rebuild and rebound. And ooh, it's just, it's good. It's good stuff. It is good. I love all that you said. And it is. It doesn't matter how, you know, because the how a baby is born, yes, it's important and it's an issue and we try to prepare for it and do it, but we can't control it. But that's really just the like the top layer of the situation. Mm-hmm. 
what it really is, it's this enormous transformative event. And everybody has to do that part, no matter how how right. babies, you know, how the baby gets earthside. So like you were saying, there's recovery, there's there's so much to there's integration, there's you know, processing your story, there's oh yeah, everybody's a badass. <laughs> yeah. I yep. And I just I love that yeah, the whole like you said, the process and the integrating. Oof, being a mom is tough work, whether you've got a full-time job, a part-time job, whether you stay at home. I mean, it is just being a mother. It, it's been quite the experience for me. And I I am like, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I've grown to be a softy now. Well, I was going to ask you, tell me, like, how did this experience change you? Completely. Um, and I'm still changing. I actually just talked to um, this mom group that I've got. I, I asked them this morning, you know, after we give birth, do we just inherently become little softies? Like, is this because, you know, I'm I used to be uh, at least I think this this badass. Nothing could break me. And I'm very deep in my career. I'm, I'm a full time collegiate volleyball coach. Um, so it's a really fun career um, and I love it. But there's a lot of recruiting and, and phone calls and, you know, got to be in the office. And I basically have I already have 20 children of my own <laughs> and they're all the age of 17 to 22. So um, I do have, you know, I do have this. I don't know this perception of, OK, but I've got this child and I want to do the right thing here you know, I want to do everything again, naturally and holistically. So I'm breastfeeding and I'm pumping actually before you and I called or talked, you know, I was pumping and cleaning the equipment and all the time that that takes in general, just that. Wow. I mean, that's hours in a day set aside for when you're away from your child. So that, that has changed me. And I I have become very, I don't know, like anxious and, and worried that, that I can be best mother, but also be the best, you know, career woman and the best coach and the best mentor to these, you know, young ladies that are on my team. And at the same time, be a great wife, be a great mom, you know, and then the social norms say that I need to cook clean and uh, make some money. And, you know, so there's just, there's so many things on our plate as mothers and, and women that I've become like obsessed with being perfect and, I, I'm not perfect. So because I'm not perfect, that is really what has blown my mind. Everything usually comes easy. Pregnancy was easy. You know, childbirth, it, she came out and she was so precious and so, you know, just perfect that, you know, I just assumed that after birth and this time right now would be easy and perfect. And it's not. <laughs> but, you know, we've got to be mentally tough, I think. I thought I had a lot of mental toughness and I thought I was strong, but you know, it's, it, I don't know, just having a child is, you know, it makes you very appreciative of a lot of things, but it also can question a lot of things too, like how selfish I used to be, you know, (laughs) and as a mother and a parent, I feel like you just can't be selfish anymore. Mm -hmm. Are you giving yourself some grace? Because I'm hearing a lot of like perfectionism <laughs> here. And, and, uh, and our, like you said, culturally, our society has like, we should do all these things. And I don't think we should. Yeah. I think because that, that's just unrealistic expectations. As you say, it's really super hard. We're supposed yeah. to do more of a village thing, like help each other out. And, and it's okay. I, like, I think the superwoman thing is a trap. You're Be- right. 
<laughs> you know, you're so, so right. So like, give yourself some craze. Lower that bar. You're still a badass. <laughs> yeah, you're right. At times I want to give myself grace, but at other times, I don't know. I'm just like too bad. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm probably hard on myself, but I'm also very competitive. So, you know, I want to, I want to be the mom that bounces back. I want to be the, the, the college coach who had a winning season and had a baby, you know, and I want, I want all those things for myself, but then, and that's the selfish things. Right. But then also I know And like you said, that's a trap because if I think that that is success, then I am dead wrong because I will not become successful. If if those things are, if that's my ideal, you know, it's yes, I, I do. Now I am realizing that success sometimes is just pumping enough to, you know, have my baby eat the next day. That is success. And I am so proud when I make those days happen. Indeed, um, that is success. And yes, it's, it's a long term yes. game. I mean, you have to that endurance that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the first month or the second month or, you know, this is for life. You've got to be yes. there as an available and connected parent forever. So yep. it's hugely important not to burn yourself out. And, and, and it, that requires sometimes doing less. Yeah, you're right. I think actually in your, in one of your podcasts before you even mentioned like taking a rest and you just had a child, you know, you've, I, it was in another birth story and you, you mentioned, you know, why are you up and walking around? Like, why are you doing these things and really trying to take the time to, you know, recover. And I think, I mean, I went back to my job probably a little too early, but now I am finally realizing I, I didn't get to recover or spend that time quite how I wanted to. So now it's like, okay, slow down. Pumping is great. You know, that's my success and days when I can eat and take a full meal and, you know, all these things. And I am finding little successes in my days. And I think that's what's kind of carrying me through. And when, you know, baby rolls over and those kinds of things, the milestones will also be the successes that come next. Yeah. And know that this isn't forever. I mean, right now you can see the difference already from where your baby is today as where she was when she first came out. The Mm -hmm. level of dependency slowly, very slowly, (laughs) you know, (laughs) goes away and then you will regain a lot more independence and a lot less needing. And then you'll have she'll be taking care of you. And I'm not talking like when you're old and gray, but, you know, when. What even when she gets older and able to do more things for herself. So I think it's important to keep in mind that this is not, of course, think life is not life as usual. You just had a baby. Your your body grew organs and (laughs) increased its fluid level, its blood level, 50%, like enormous stuff that you need to recover from. So giving it its time is important in the sense of, you know, your recovery later on. And and it that's that. This is your new normal for now. But oh, it's I not like gonna that. be like that. It's always changing. She's always changing. You will change too. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's for now. It does. I know when you're in it, it seems all consuming. Oh yeah, it's like a hyperbole, just this over exaggerated, like, what oh, what's going on? It's all crashing on me, you know, and it's you're right. It's not. It's not. Yeah. 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 It's okay. 
You can be yep. on the sidelines for a little bit. <laughs> yes. And that's where I hate being. Ugh. I know. I can hear it. That's why I'm like, but give yourself grace, Lauren. <laughs> yes, I will. Yeah. Good. Um, think I love your story. Thanks so much for coming on the show to share it. That was really beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I'm glad that I got to share it. That was full-time collegiate volleyball coach and mom, Lauren Horton. Since we spoke, Lauren has given birth again and now has a daughter and a son. So congratulations to her. You can connect with us on Instagram at Birthful Podcast. And in fact, if you're not driving, why don't you take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it to Instagram sharing your biggest takeaway from the episode. Make sure to tag at Birthful Podcast so we can see it and amplify it. You can find the in-depth show notes and transcript of this episode at birthful.com, where you can also learn more about my birth and postpartum preparation classes and download your free postpartum preparation plan. Also, if you find this podcast to be an invaluable resource for you, the best way to support us is by taking any one of my perinatal classes, doing one of my doula workshops, or trying out some of the wonderful products made by our sponsors. This is what allows us to continue doing this work. Birthful is created and produced by me, Adriana Lozada, with production assistance from Asia Plotty. Thank you so very much for listening to and sharing Birthful. Be sure to follow us on GoodPod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and everywhere you listen. And then come back for more ways to inform your intuition. <laughs>